SMS SAFM now on 41391. We're back. We are live on air. Health on Monday. Conversation that speaks to home. And I hope I can hold it out for the next 15 minutes with that it does not reach home. One of the greatest traumas imaginable is when parents have to deal with the death of a child. Tens of thousands of families across the world are devastated each year by the death of their baby. But the, grief, but the grief of these families and the value of their babies' lives are very rarely acknowledged, producing greater stress than dealing with the death of a parent or a spouse. A child's death is especially traumatic because it is often unexpected. It is also in violation of the usual order of things in which the child is expected to bury the parent. Ms. Taryn Oaks, Mama, Nature and End of Life, Supportive Alliance, a member of the affiliate there. Taryn, good evening. Thank you so much. This hi, is good evening. Oh, hi, Sengozo. Thank you so much for having me. Sure. This is imaginably going to be a subject that's going to touch many hearts. I'm, I'm going to try not to speak much because it may equally touch my heart, given the fact that in the space of two years I saw it happen at home. Could you speak to oh. those persons who have difficulty dealing with death, death of children in particular? Sorry, can you please repeat the question? Could you speak to those parents or even siblings who have lost, parents who have lost children and, of course, siblings who have lost their sibling, the yes, trauma that so, comes with that and how families can and perhaps might want to engage the trauma without trying to avoid it, which is, of course, a natural reaction for some? So I think some goes, you know, if I can, you know, Imagine if you and I were at a park right now, uh, and, you know, you ask me the question, how many children do I have? Um, my response, and I encourage this with all brief parents, is I have two children. One that is no longer with me, and two, the one that is sliding on the side there for the thousandth time. And then your response would be more like, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Uh, what happened? Or there would be almost like this discomfort and this awkwardness. But I would say that these words, these amazing, this amazing question could help so much. Would you like to talk about him? Or would you like to talk about her? Or would you like to talk about them? And I promise you, if a bereaved parent were to hear that, the emotions and everything would just flood. Because oftentimes, you know, the child is ignored. Even you as a parent, uh, you know, a parent is ignored. Just a quick one there, oh. ma'am. Um, I've just lost you for a moment there, Taryn, but I just want to confirm in case you don't have it in front of you. My name is Songezo, S-O-N-G-E-Z-O, Songezo. Songezo. That's right. That's my name. You got that, Taryn? There seems to be a little bit of a breakup, technical difficulty. I beg your pardon for that. I was just confirming how my name is pronounced. But oh, apologies. So am I pronouncing it correctly, Songezo? Please excuse my American accent. You know, that is bear it. with me. That is it, yes. You, you, you've got it right now. Let, okay. Let's talk about Sorry, the apologies. fact that the death of a child is, if you like, against the runoff play. And try as you might think that anything can happen at any time. You simply just don't, beyond thinking it, prepare yourself for the death of a child. Then what when it happens? Yeah, so there's never a way to prepare yourself, just as the way, there is no way to really fully prepare yourself as a parent. I mean, there isn't some holy book 
that says this is how you're going to beat and accomplish parenting. And the same goes for as being a brief parent. It's something that you learn as you go, and then you hope that, you know, along the way you can learn the tools that will be able to, you know, you'll be able to equip yourself with to, to heal and eventually even to integrate that death in your child because they are very much still part of you, past, present, and future. So it, it's very much that, you know, I, and I think, you know, a lot of people, when they think of death, they think that's it, no more, we don't have to bring it up again. But it's not that at all. You know, a lot of the, everything that we do comes from memory. And this child has formed you, shaped you, and will continue forming and shaping you in the future. Talking about being shaped by the child, let's have a conversation then specifically to the parents because that trauma, that experience, at times, not because people have fallen out of love, but simply how they handle their stress and trauma following the death of the child might end up in actually being a divorce. And when you trace it, it was all to the trauma of losing the child. How, I suppose, is the question, do we engage that trauma in the individual as well as the trauma within the home setup to make sure it doesn't create more losses with the passage of time? Absolutely. So, uh, great question. Um, so, what usually happens, as you said, you know, sadly, you know, when a child has passed on, you know, divorce sadly does occur. But for the for the couples that do carry on, you know, I would recommend them to to go for to go for not just for counseling, but things that made them a couple to talk about their child. You know, continue having conversations. You know, there is a, there is this distinction that men grieve differently, women grieve differently. So as much as they must deal with it individually, I think always try and go back almost to what connected them in the first place, where that intimacy is. If anything, it's almost like you are relearning about yourself and relearning about this person who you've had this child with and who you've made a life with. Let's take a call, please. Um, Ma'am Terry Oaks, who is an affiliate member of the Mama Nurture and End of Life Support Supportive Alliance. She's based in the United States. Kirshni is in Johannesburg. She's a bereavement counselor. Your thoughts, please, Kirshni. Thank you so much for participating. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Hello to you and Karen. Indeed. Um, hi, Kirsh. So I have to. Hi. <laughs> so I have to resonate very, very deeply with what uh, both of you have said. I mean, I am not only a bereavement counselor, but I've also, I am a bereaved parent. My, my son Aaron was born still six years ago. We celebrate his sixth birthday this month. And, uh, you know, it is something that completely changes your life. The, the, the death of your child signals the end of your life as you know it too. And so part of that is really reestablishing who you are in the midst of the loss, uh, being able to not just find support in other resources, but also look deep and find support within yourself. Forgive yourself, forgive your body, um, forgive your circumstance, say their name, speak their legacy, you know. Um, And some parents don't want to speak about it, and that's okay too. But it's to sort of engage in those critical conversations. And, you know, just because a baby is born still or a baby has been miscarried, or a child has been lost way before their time doesn't mean we need to be silent about it. It's still a loss, mm. and it's still a life that was. Thank you so much, Kirshna. Your response to that, Taryn? 
Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of the times, I mean, yes, you know, us as brief parents, we would obviously love support and comfort. But I think a big thing that we all crave for is validation. Validation that I have lost a child. Validation that this child of mine or children existed and has made an impact. Maybe, you know, not just an impact on, you know, myself and my family, but also onto the world. So I think that's, that's where, you know, um, uh, you know, Keshni is going on is that it is a life. It did, you know, the child has existed and they will still continue to exist. And I think that's where a lot of people maybe are not comfortable with this idea of how can you, you know, allow the dead to carry on living. And it's not even about that. I think, you know, um, you know, di- death is connected to life and life is connected to death. And we need to acknowledge that, you know, you know, everything is integrated. Everything is, this is who we are as a person. The role of extended family in assisting those, I suppose, directly impacted by the lost, I suppose this is when it's especially good and useful at a social level when you've got access to grandparents or close aunts and uncles and cousins because the death that takes place is not just the loss of a child, but siblings lose a brother, siblings lose a sister. There are those who are born after the death of what would have been a sibling, and they, in many respects, have to carry, I wouldn't use the word burden, but carry that legacy of somebody who was there that they don't know, and they'll continue learning about this person who was as close as having shared a womb with one, and they never get to meet that person. So how do we then set up a framework or a a setup of family and close friends and family in dealing with the trauma, bearing in mind that it becomes a lifelong exercise, whatever the setup is? Absolutely. So um, as Keshni said, you know, it was her son's um, birthday and heaven day not so long ago on the, the 14th of October. So, you know, she has a wonderful way. She, she, she was blessed with two amazing children, Rachel and Daniel. And, you know, they sing to, uh, they sing to Aaron, you know, the baby that has passed on. They sing to him, happy birthday, and they do amazing things. And this is what I would encourage all bereaved parents and all bereaved families is, you know, so what if, you know, people may think you're a bit cuckoo or doing something that they may not agree with. But it is your child, and you must grieve in whatever way you feel comfortable with, and whatever brings you comfort as well. So, I mean, for for myself, you know, I do commemorate my son. You know, whether it's walking in nature, going for hikes, planting uh, something in his name. You know, there's many ways that you can, you know, get the family involved. And you know, another good thing is, you know, even start with light conversation. I mean, nobody wants to, you know, dive in and saying, "Oh, the death of my son." But even like, you know, I guess you can go on to a few existentialist questions, like, you know, hey, what, you know, where do you think we go after this? Do you think that maybe we are reincarnated, or that there's some energies that may, you know, um, you know that. You know, maybe, do you think that, you know, like, for example, my, my daughter, you know, she was born after my son, that they have met. But I think, you know, just start with life conversation, and then you can build on from there. You know, this bereavement journey is a long one, and it's, it's going to, you know, end, you know, until your passing date. Have you lost a child? 
Are you in a family yes. setup that? No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking the listeners. I beg your pardon. Their turn. I'm so sorry. I should have been more specific. No, I'm, I'm talking to the listeners who are listening to this conversation on the line. Of course, is Miss Taryn Oaks, who's Mama Nurture and End of Life Supportive Alliance. She's an affiliate member thereof. She's just confirmed inadvertently on my part by asking that question as I did that she has also lost a child, as has our guest earlier on this evening, who's a bereavement counsellor, Kirshni. Kirshni, thank you so much for sharing your story with your child, Aaron, who on the 14th of October was born still in 2014. Six years on, though he may not be in flesh, he certainly does live among us all, even in this family that is the SAFM. 21-26, let's take a couple of voice notes in this conversation. I understand the article. Here's something that my producers are interested in. When couples do grow apart, because ultimately the burden or the stress has just become too much to bear how do the children handle that loss now the setup at home is even different given the fact that mom and dad are no longer together for reasons which many would probably have to understand if not just understand the children then lose a parent after having lost a sibling a case surely can be made on the part of the trauma that the children now suffer as a result Oh, that's a tough question. Um, sadly, it does happen. I would say you know, a lot of focus does go on um, the child, but sometimes the, the focus actually isn't on the child, and it actually goes on the divorce. So here, you know, this child is experiencing impacted, or what we say as a, a complex trauma. So for me, I would, like, again, you know, I, I know I'm sounding like I'm, um, you know, up for therapy, but I would truly encourage that there definitely needs to be communication because right now that child may feel, may feel that, you know, he's either, he or she is either compensating to try and, I want to say replace that child, but sometimes I think they feel this pressure that they need to be perfect, that they can't do anything wrong, that they, you know, almost like they have to, you know, take on the role of that child that is now missing. And now if there is a divorce, I would feel that maybe sometimes that child would actually feel like they are the cause of it. Quite a bit of complex, but I would say that the important thing is that um, the parents, as much as they, their heart will be with the child that has been lost, it, should, it can also be on the child that is living. So I, th- I think for me, you know, we need to try and create a balance between mm. death and life. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's difficult. I think for me, I even struggle to deal with it uh, six years down the road. But just try and make a balance. Make a balance. Have even simple conversations with your child saying, how do you feel about, you know, your sister or your brother going? And, you know, uh, hospice, I believe, also provides extremely well-informed work, um, almost like children's workbooks that is mainly grief-orientated. So I would also suggest then that you get them kind of those kind of educational resources and information that can help them even maybe be able to process some of what is going on. Beautiful. Taryn, thank you so much for your thoughts. And I hadn't realized nor learned that you had actually lost a child yourself, so your thoughts are especially well-received. And if ever it's appropriate to say this on this platform at this time, after this conversation, many condolences 
to you for the loss of your child, and we especially appreciate your voice, as candid as it was, because oh, yes. you, you have lent support to people that you don't know, but, I mean, their responses on our WhatsApp feed speaks to the fact that you have touched somebody. Listen to this. I fully agree with Taryn. I have lost a child, a sibling, and a parent. It is important to, to talk about them because they once existed in the family. If people can acknowledge them, then it really helps to honor the precious lives of the deceased, however short those lives may have been. Another one comes through saying, even writing personal letters to the deceased, like a diary. Yes. This can be very therapeutic. Final comments then, Taryn. Yes, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, even if, you know, I know one big emotion that, uh, you know, I mean, for me personally, I experienced this, and I'm sure some of the bereaved parents, is, is anger. But even writing letters to the people who made you angry by saying sometimes insensitive things to you, but, you know, reading it to them, but just writing these letters can also form a way of being very therapeutic. Ma'am, thank you so much for your time. Taryn Oaks, Mama thank Nurture. Thank you so much. Excellent. Have yourselves a great time and all the best for November 3, which is next week's Tuesday. Heavy days ahead for America.